Last week, we went uh, San Francisco 49ers and Survivor in week three, cakewalk on Thursday night. You were a little bit, uh, to use your own term, little nutless monkey about uh, committing to them because they were playing your Giants, but uh, I forget who you were on. Were you on Jacksonville or Dallas? We would have died I, last week had it not been. No, I, was, I took the Chiefs uh, in my main pool, um, so we would not have died, but I, uh, I did lose uh, six out of my 10 entries in the online, you know, in the offshore sports book. But that interface sucks. There were $10 each. The interface sucks so much. Which one do you use? Which offshore was, do you use? I don't even want to say because I don't want to give them advertising. Like they suck. Just give me the know? first letter. I'll know oh, what it is. Yeah. M. Okay. The point, the, the point, it's like the interface is garbage. They're always trying to push like online blackjack on me. Like what kind of moron plays online blackjack i mean it's just like the dumbest thing you well can you're ever saying do. because the odds are stacked against you no matter They're stacked like. against you, you you can't count cards you have no advantage and how do you even know that it's not even more stacked against you you can't right. see it's like and, it, and what are you doing in your house playing online blackjack with real money i mean that is just so stupid only a real man would do that and <laughs> you know and the kind of real man is the kind of real man who you know takes a bribe in gold you know that's but the, but the point is that like it's a shit site and the interface sucks. So I had 10 entries. It was really hard to like manage them. So I lost six and a four is going to be a lot easier. And they were 10 bucks each. I'm almost relieved. I didn't lose my home league pool because I had chiefs there. I didn't lose in our pool and I've got four left in that other pool. Well, if you wanted to do an extra six entries, why didn't you just do them in our pool and you could have managed them yourself? It, our, our, our interface is to run through, uh, run my pool, run your pool. It's so easy. I, sh- I should have done it. I should have done that. Yeah. So this week was the last week to buy back in our pool. We obviously did not have to. My wife has an entry. She um, took the Jaguars despite my warning. Uh, So she's buying back this week. Um, And my early lean here, and we'll go through the math and the percentages owned, is just throwing it out there, was I put our placeholder in as the Chiefs this week. Yeah, that's what I would go with, too. Uh, I mean, I'd rather go the Niners, but, uh, but we use them foolishly burn them up against the giants and now we've no i'm just kidding you just play to win and get through i I think the chiefs are probably going to be fine against the jets i think the jets just don't have they just don't have enough you know the chiefs would really have to lay of course they could lose but they would have to really not show up but it happens dallas you know just got beat in arizona and that's a similar that was a similar uh point spread but this could be a look-ahead game for uh, the 49ers as well when they play Arizona as they have Dallas the following week. Yeah, and, and also Arizona, you know, could be 3-0. and I mean, they had the Giants dead to rights. They should have won that game. And then they had uh, the football team beat pretty much in the fourth quarter of that game. So they can easily be 3-0. and And they're not a doormat. And the Niners, as you said, could be looking ahead a little bit. But they got 10 days off. They, uh, they look pretty strong. I mean... I would still take the Niners if I had them, but Chiefs are my clear number two. Okay, so let's uh, go down by percentages owned as the, you do a, a great article. By the way, I'm here with Chris Liss of Real Man Sports. All of Chris's content can be found at Real Man Sports. I'm Alan Soslowski of Rotowire.com. Uh, Liss, you put out a, uh, a great blog post article piece every week uh, about Survivor, about the lines, which we're going to talk about in a minute, meaning against the spread. Uh, but let's just stick with Survivor for a moment here. Who are the uh, what are the percentages owned for the top five teams? And explain what that even means for our new viewers when we say percentages owned in Survivor. 
Yeah, this is going to get noisy pretty soon because we're in week four. And by week six, there's all sorts of weird pools mixed in. But basically at officefootballpools.com, it's a, a site where I think most of the pools are pay pools that people run. So it's a little bit better than like the ESPN or Yahoo, which have ton of free tons of free pools. It's a little noisier. This one uh, has the Niners at 38.8 as of yesterday. The Chiefs at 20.5. Eagles at 19.9. And then after that, it's like Chargers at 6, Cowboys at 5.9. Those are the percentages taken of, of – of people taking, you know, teams on that site and survivor. So um, you kind of get an idea of what the distribution will be like in your league. Now there's a lot of variants, like my home league, I think like nine out of 14 were on the chiefs last week or something. It was like a big number on the chiefs. Um, so it's, it's not always in lockstep, but it's just on average, it could deviate either direction, but on average, this is what I would kind of expect. And you can use that to sort of price in. Okay if everybody's on the Niners and I fade them, how many people will be left if the Niners lose? And you start to do the math on that. All right. So, so far in our pool, which was a buyback pool through three weeks, by the way, the, the pool, I got the, uh, the numbers on our pool. It's a $10 entry. So it's, you know, it's just, we're doing it just for the content and Hey, what if type of thing? It's a lottery ticket. Um, but if everyone buys back this week, it's going to be over 70 K in the pool. So he does take a rake. I found that out. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, he's collecting all the money and paying people out. So, um, you know, it's a, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm sure most of these sites, right? Does the even the one that you were in, you said the offshore one, I'm sure they take something. I don't know if they do. They might, but it's just such a crap. Everything's so scammy. You know, it's yeah. that like offshore book, like play blackjack, get a deposit bonus for this extra thing. But then you got to do this. It's like, oh, I yeah, kinda, depo- deposit so, bonus is the worst because you got to play through 40 times. I'm not. Yeah, I just. You know, I got, I got, I put in 800 bucks. I got 80 bucks deposit bonus right away. I bet that right away. And I haven't added since and I've been tempted to, but then I'm like the credit card rake is 6% now. Like the first time it was nothing. It's like, everything's just such a rip that I'm just like, I'm soured on it. Like, you know, they just need to, I don't know, you know, like there just needs to be a clean book. That's like not all full of shit and scammy, good interface has a rake, you know, and is available to bet. I, I guess they just don't make enough money because sharps use it and then sharps beat them. And then they just, man, they lose money because sharps won't deal with a 6% credit card fee to play on the site. This is all square stuff. So they just try to like exploit the square. So I, apparently they're probably good for the money. If I win some of these long shot bets, I have Marvin Mims to lead rookie receivers in yardage. And that may come in at like 20 something to one. But, um, but basically like, I don't really want to deal with it more than the, the initial bets I put in and the content I got out of it. Yeah, um, the 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 best books, you know, are the BetMGM's, the DraftKings, and and FanDuel. I couldn't get DraftKings customer service to fix my uh, fucking account. Like they, those guys are like, yeah. it was beyond ridiculous. It was like, yeah, I have an old account. Like, well, you got an old email. We sent it to your illicit RotoWire email. I'm like, that email doesn't exist anymore. Well, you're gonna have to. It's like, dude, do you want to take my money or not? You know, like right. this is like. Right, right. 48 hours later, they're like, send your driver's license, which I foolishly did. And then by then I left Colorado. I wasn't even in the States and I couldn't do it. So it's just like these sites, it's like, it's just too much. Like, yeah. you know, you know some of it's doing- regulation, but it's, it's, it's garbage. A lot of these sites, the customer service at DraftKings was garbage. They probably a sponsor for you guys. It's not RotoWire saying it. It's me saying it, right? It's garbage. The customer service was just flat out bad. Like if there's somebody on it, they'd be like, let me fix this for you. You're going to you know, spend a lot of money. If the interface is good, the rank was reasonable, I'd be betting all the time. I'd be betting every week there. Yeah. Um, Underdog has been in the news for the last six months. They're trying to basically re- reimagine American. It's not going to be for you over in Lisbon, but reimagine American sports betting. 
Uh, that guy, Jeremy Levine, everything, every interview I've heard with him, he actually wanted like all these kinks to be worked out where the rake is minimal, the interface is clean. Um, he, he's trying, but he, obviously the, the mega sports books are fighting against him right now, even trying to deregulate him uh, for doing. It's like, it's like, God forbid, somebody should put out like a competent product, you know, and, and push you to do the same and have what we call competition. Everyone bitches about capitalism. Oh, capitalism, look, it's so bad. But it's not capitalism, it's capture. You know, capitalism is where there's competition and the corporations have to fight tooth and nail to uh, maintain an edge and, and, and improve the quality for everybody. But, but what happens is, you know, it's like pseudo capitalism where people get, you know, some, some profits and they use those profits to entrench themselves and cut off competition. And that's what you see happening. And it's just, you know, it, it just, it's just garbage for the user right now. And, and yeah, I mean like the best, I mean the best things when you're in Vegas at the sports book, right. You just go Counter. and bet. Yeah. And, and, but it's like, you know, that's also, just localized to Vegas and you know, you can't do it from, uh, from your sofa. Yeah. Even here in Florida, and we'll get back to survivor in a minute. Cause I, I love this kind of stuff. This, uh, even here in fly, uh, so in Florida, like sports betting was turned on mobile for like 30 days. And then it was turned off because they're fighting with the, uh, with a, a certain group of native Americans. And you know, there's a whole thing. And now three years later, we still don't have it. And someone made the joke at the Rotowire meeting that, uh, sports betting was legal, uh, for enough time for Calvin Ridley to pay, to place his bet in Florida. Yeah. So. yeah good. Yeah. Real man. I got Calvin Ridley to be uh comeback player of the year. And he's been, uh, Slack in the last couple of games, you know, yeah. the big favorite. And that was DeMar Hamlin was minus four fifty, right? I got <laughs> Calvin Ridley at like 31 to one, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, they probably will give it to Hamlin if they can just get him on the field, but why would they put him on the field? Right. I mean, you know, it's a huge risk if they put him on the field, if something happens. So, um, they're going to try to give it to him, you know, it'll be probably sponsored by Pfizer, the whole ceremony. Um, I probably don't know if I could say that on this podcast, you might have to edit it out. But the point is that, um, that I bet Ridley, cause I thought, you know, I, I was going to get him a 52 to one to lead the league in yardage. And now I'm glad I, I pivoted to that because he was down to 31 to one. And with Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, forget it. You know, normal, normal receivers can't even possibly win the yardage title anymore. Yeah. If you were talking about comeback player of the year, I, I think that Tua has a shot to be MVP and comeback player of the year. Now, it looks good now if he doesn't get concussed again. I mean, the thing, the thing about uh, Ridley is, you know, so they don't, it's like a negative that he was gambling. But remember, he was depressed, and they love that. Mental you know, health. Mental, mental health. health. Oh, this is this is about mental health. I made some poor choices due to my poor mental health. This shows mental health. Mental health. Get treatment for your mental health. They love that shit. So they need a story. The NFL needs a story to sell. The Hamlin one's the obvious one. You know, what a miracle. CPR. Blah blah blah. Right. Anything to get rid of the elephant in the room. But if you can, if they can pivot to mental health with Calvin Ridley, um, it'll it'll make me some money. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm going for mental health, Alan. All right, let's cover a little uh, Survivor, and then what we're going to do is we'll go into the ATS stuff against the spread, and then I want to talk about a um, we call them panic players, players that we're we're basically three full games in here right now, and it's enough. I know it's everything's small sample size, but a couple players that you're really worried about. I'm going to uh, cut out a little separate video for us and just call it like panic time players, uh, and then maybe some actionable advice around that. Whether it's just like dropping Kyle Pitts and just letting someone else, him be his problem or, you know, trying to trade low on someone or, you know, 25 cents a dollar. We'll get to it. All right. Survivor. Lewis on QB1. I really think his off-field activity is going to skyrocket pretty soon. That's just my <laughs> prediction. I'm not saying it's a certainty. I'm just saying it's a prediction. 
You're talking about Zach Wilson, of course. Yeah, for those QB1. Of yeah, QB. If you don't know who QB1 yeah. is, you're not paying attention. And by the way, uh, people seem to like that this video doesn't stay on topic in, in zigzags. I got a lot of comments, and our videos are doing pretty well as far as, you know, relative to the channel. You know why, though? You know why that is, Alan? It's because most videos are boring as shit. Not because of you. But it's like, who do we pick up on waivers? Why don't we sort by who did the best last week, who got the most targets? And let's talk about what the same thing everyone is fucking talking about in every single video, every single radio show, the same thing. Who do we like in Survivor? Who do we like? There's three teams to choose from. Which one do you like? Is it this one or that one? Oh, you're going this one, but it could be that one. Every single video is the same, right? So you just actually just... Uh, bust in with some, uh, you know, distracted talk and people get annoyed because they're like, dude, I just want to, I just came here to find out who to pick in Survivor. By the way, if I knew who to pick in Survivor, do you think I'd be doing this video? I would win every Survivor pool every single year. Survivor would end because the word would get out if I was doing the video and everyone would, nobody would lose. There would be no point. It would be over. It'd be like, oh, everyone wins. We all get the money back. You'd just be sending money, sending it back. And then you'd have these giant Survivor companies taking, you know, just making the interest uh, payment on it, knowing they're going to just send it back to everybody. There'd be no point. So nobody knows this is all bullshit you're wasting your time the only thing to listen to is something that might make you think creatively or have a new idea or open your mind to something because none of this bullshit where you want your hand held and told what to do is going to work for you in your life i promise you you're going to go to your grave you're going to be 80 years old and you're going to be like shit i should have thought for myself i should have had an original critical thought in my entire life once but i didn't i just watched the video and i did what they said so that's why it's, that's why they like it. Yeah, and you know what? You just I was at a uh, a meeting last night. You know, I do the basketball refereeing, and some guy who was like hawking me to like help him with his fantasy draft. You know, he's a he's just he's a casual player. So I I do I send them my list, which is basically I download the RotoWire list, and then I just make a few tweaks to it. And then, you know, he's not a guy who's going to be playing fan. So I send him the list, and then he I get to the meeting. It's three weeks in the season. He's yelling at me that his team sucks. Yeah. I mean, dude, do it yourself then, you know, yeah. like, give me a break. You know, you got, uh, he's, oh, Justin Fields hasn't been good. And, and <laughs> <You got Justin. laughs> Fields. you steered him into Justin Fields. He should be yelling at you. I, you got him in like the seventh round of no, a single quarterback. I'm, I'm just league. kidding. I would have yeah. I like Justin Fields too. I just thought he was going to get hurt. I didn't think, I didn't think the bears would totally collapse. Do you think there's any like DJF factor with Fields this week? Like he could just go nuclear. Yeah, like he did? I think go nuclear. Totally. Yeah. I, he's going to do it one week unless he gets hurt. Yeah, I have a, a start-sit decision with him and Gino, and I cannot bench Justin Fields, you know? Yeah, I mean, Gino, the Giants have been pretty bad defensively, but yeah, I would probably There's go no Fields. There's no way. Yeah. Because even Fields is like worst game. We've said this last week. is like 14 points, 15 points. That's like if you get like 17, 18 out of Gino, you're like, all right, thank God he didn't implode this week. Right, but Gino could get 30 against the Giants. I mean, with those receivers, it's totally possible. But still, yeah, yeah I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Just do the bold thing. I mean, you know, it's your team. You know, I almost picked up Ryan Tannehill for a start, and I resisted because he had a good matchup against the Chargers that week. And he actually did fine. He would have done fine, probably better than my guy did. But it's like, I was like, oh, I can't do that. Like, what do you mean I can't? It's my team. Yeah, I paid the money for it. I'm going to start yeah. fucking Ryan Tandle if I want to. Just think like that. Think boldly. Don't don't be so worried about making a mistake. I um I lost uh, Mike Williams in my NFFC team. I'm in fourth place, so I'm not dead. I'm like right there. And I thought I was putting an aggressive bid on Josh Palmer just because I need a like you know not expecting him right. to be wide receiver, but I'm expecting him to be startable in a three receiver league. Forty one dollars didn't get forty one percent didn't get it done. He went for fifty. Wow. Yeah, I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, okay. That was a high bid. I, I went like 200. Uh, no, I went 100. Sorry, like 102. You didn't get him. You didn't get uh, no, a guy went 200. But I was like, Josh Palmer, I mean, it might be Quentin Johnston who, who gets the... Well, he was obviously drafted in the NFL. Right, so. no, I know. He was, but I'm saying like, he, you can't get him on waivers, but 
he may be the guy who actually benefits. You know, now they drafted the guy in the first round. Why did they draft the guy in the first round if they weren't planning to use him? I mean, they weren't. If Williams doesn't get hurt, they're like, oh, we don't need this guy. Really? Do you fancy yourself a contender? Might you think, might you use your first round pick, you know, during the season to actually help you win? Well, now they may have to rely on him. So um, Palmer is, you know, he'll, he'll get involved, but he may not get, you know, he, he he's may five, be. He's five for 63. That's his, that's his stat line. Yeah. I mean, but he, he, he'll have some three for 35s too, you know. Right. But I'm saying like, so last week he gets into the end zone with a five for 65 and right. it looks a little better, you know, like had he done that five for 40 with no touchdown, I wonder if the bids would have been so aggressive for him this week. Right. And, but you know, once Johnson starts doing the full practices as a guy who's in all the three receiver sets, I think, um, I think that, you know, that may change the target distribution too. Yeah. They also have a, again, this is like dynasty nerd stuff, but like, uh, Darius Davis actually was their their fast guy. He was right. again. Don't pick him up in your seasonal leagues, but I know. And if you have like no one to cut, like he, he you never know. What? Why can't it be the day three guy that pops? You know. I truly hate the Chargers. I, I'm bummed that Minnesota <laughs> didn't score that. I mean, I can't believe Minnesota didn't win that game because that's such a Chargers game where they lose. I mean, I, I wasn't. Uh, I, I don't think it was a bad call to go for it on fourth down up four. I think it was the right call, but. Um, but I just thought they were going to lose that game. And I just, I just hate them. I just hate that team. Brandon Staley. They're just so stupid. You know, they're yeah. like the fake analytics team. And, you know, they, of course they drafted a guy in the first round who was on my primetime team who they decide, Oh, we're just not going to use him. Why do, why do, you know, let's yeah. just draft him in the first round for no reason. He, he, uh, he lost it in the press conference too. He did the thing that you're not supposed to do in the press conference after when they were grilling him. Like you're not supposed to like get pissed or show that you're annoyed. You're supposed to at very minimum do the Bill Belichick, like don't answer anyone. But there is, I think this is where like you just remain positive because they're coming at you with like this force of negativity. Unless you're going to totally go real man, new scorched earth. Got to go scorched earth. But he like, like, people don't know anything. I mean, because that was the right call. I mean, like he went on fourth and one. He didn't make it. If he makes it, they win the game then and there. If he doesn't make it, they still need a touchdown. It's not like, oh, they're already in field goal range. They can't kick a field goal. And in fact, they won the game. So like the decision worked out fine. Uh, I, you know, I think you, you would question if they lost the game. People are like, oh, that's results oriented. Yeah results are what actually count and so that actually matters people like i, I got into this I, i'll get into this at the end of the segment i wrote a uh segment because this uh uh this guy on twitter was coming at me with this uh take oh, the about the, the blake snell uh cy young award and the and, process bros are at it yeah, again the process morons right and these guys they don't they they're like making a category or they fundamentally they're like a religious cult they cannot understand the difference between past and future between indicators and the result itself well, We'll get into that at the end. Yeah. So more or less what Chris List is talking about is you hear it all the time that, oh, I'm always going to adhere to the process. And if even if you get it wrong, it was good process. And I kind of use the example when I try to explain to someone, you definitely articulate it in, in a great way here. And we can get into it now. It's fine. Okay. But I just, you know, I always say like, hey, if you have 18 and the dealer is showing uh, six, right, you would never, the process is obviously do not hit right in a right. blackjack but if you hit and you get a three and a dealer has uh has you know, a 10 underneath and he would have hit and gotten 19 right, right and, and beat you then you you made the right decision people are like that's the wrong decision right. but that's actually totally false it's the right decision we're not saying because you made the decision this is the rule you follow every time then it would be a bad decision to say i'm always going to do this right and this one particular in, thing and in advance, yeah. it's probably a bad decision, but it might be a good decision. It's probably like an 85% chance that it's a bad decision, 90%, 10-50% chance it's a good decision. But you don't know because you don't know what the next card is. Once we know the card, then it's a 100% good decision. And these people cannot wrap their minds around it because they're like, no, it's a bad decision. You don't do that. 
No, no, no. It's a bad heuristic. It's not a bad decision. The decision was correct. Would you rather win money or lose money? What's the point of blackjack to win money? Not to, not to like be able to, uh, you know, put on your report card that you did the right thing. Right. And people, and people, this is the thing people think, okay, the key to doing well in betting or in sports or in life is to have a good process. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe your process is going to help you over the long, certainly staying on a hard, you know, on hard 18 against the six is, is, the correct process. And certainly in the long run, doing that every time is going to be way better than hitting every time. We all know this. Um, but that just is your rule. That's just like a good practice. But when you're actually talking about why do you do the practice? Well, it's because over the long haul, you want to get good results. So the reason to do the practice is not for the practice itself. It's for the result. So if, if one thing that you did hitting gets you a better result, then that was the better choice, regardless of what was likely to be the better choice before you did it. And, and if you cannot separate between something that is a good heuristic, something that is a good rule of thumb, and something that is now in the past, see, things in the future, you want to go with the most probable outcome that benefits you. But things in the past, their probability is gone. The event is complete. We know with 100% certainty what actually happened. So the idea that you're using probability and then going backwards to try to analyze it is fucking stupid, right? Like, it, we know that it's a hundred percent chance that it was a three because now we know. So when you evaluate the decision in hindsight, you say that was the correct decision. Was it the correct heuristic? No, it was the correct decision. And so, you know, this is what I got into with the Cy Young thing. People are like, oh, Blake Snell got lucky. Look at his BABIP. He got lucky. First of all, I question whether how much of that's luck. Okay. But that's a whole separate part of it. So, Joe, keep, keep in mind that you have to explain like nuances here because uh, people may not be familiar with the argument or with baseball when they're tuning in for a football survivor. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Babib is just once the ball's in the field of play, you know, like okay. the pitcher can strike guys out or they walk guys. But once he, the batter puts the bat on the ball, it's kind of like not in the pitcher's control anymore. Okay. So they say, but that's actually not entirely true. It's usually true. It's for the most part true. It's on average true. It's not true in every case. Marin Rivera was a huge exception to that rule, but there are some, you know, for the most part, it is the case. But the point is, let's just assume and, and concede, even though I wouldn't concede that really, that Snell just totally got lucky, right? Why is, why is it, why doesn't he get credit for his luck? You know, it, it, where they say, well, you'd be an idiot to sign him to the same contract that you'd sign Spencer Strider to, who was more skillful, even though his ERA he allowed 35 more runs than, uh, than Snell did, right? The better result was for Snell. The better, you know, indicators were for Strider. And they want to give Strider the Cy Young because he had better indicators. And they say, well, if you're a GM, which one are you signing? Which one are you paying? Strider. I would pay Strider also. But we're not talking about predicting the future. Stop using predictive method, right. me methods for the past. The past, does, you, let me give you a little uh, a tip for everybody. You don't need to predict the past. You don't need to predict who's going to win last year's Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who had a better YPA, net YPA, who had more yards per play, net yards per play. We know who won last year's Super Bowl. It doesn't matter what the predictions would have said. You don't have to predict the past. Stop using future-looking metrics and then analyzing the past as though – that has any validity. All those are fours when the future, which is unknown, it gives you a better chance to get it right, right? But when you're looking at the past, we don't need a better chance to get it right. We don't need indicators. Ooh, what's the best indicator for who's going to be good last year? The results. That's it. That's it. That's the indicator. You want to know who won the Super Bowl last year? Look up who won the Super Bowl. Don't look at indicators. Just look at who actually won the game. And these people are, are looking at the past, basically the past 2023 mm -hmm. season, and using future looking indicators and being like, you're an idiot if you think ERA predicts ERA better than strikeout to minus walk percentage. I'm like, I'm not predicting his future ERA. I'm looking at his past ERA. 
right? He prevented more runs. He's the Cy Young winner by far. It's not even close. So anyway, this is this is the kind of thing. And you get into it in football too. They're like, Barkley or Darnold, what's a better pick? Oh, you always take the quarterback. Really? That's for the future. That's a heuristic for the future. Who was a better pick, Barkley or Darnold? Barkley. Right? Like Darnold is barely hanging on to a job in the league. He's been a disaster for three teams. So, you know, this, this is, but this is like a, if, if you don't understand what I'm saying, listen to it again. And if you still yeah. don't understand what I'm saying, stop watching this because you are in no, a no. cult and I can't, I can't, I can't help you. I can't help you. You'll get you, there. You, They'll get there. They're watching because they're interested. And people, you know, people, no, the people who don't understand the distinction between past and future are in some sort of like, I'm smart. I learned the stats thing. I learned about indicators and not these stupid stats like, you know, passing touchdowns. That's not predict. You know, those people, that's all they can see. That's all they can hear. They're so proud of mastering the 101 course that they that they can't see that that's only ap applicable in a narrow direction. And so um, if you can't see it, even though it's been explained to you as clearly as I'm able, um, then just forget it. Just stay with, stay with what stay with your thing. There's yep. no point in watching. Fair enough, and uh, I and I think that uh, applies to fantasy football as well. You know, we get too uh, buried into the stats sometimes, and you know, it's like, yeah, we know it, it's right now. Raheem Mostert was the RB, is the RB one? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like going forward. You could say, okay, he's 31 years old. It was, right. you know, all these different things. So I, yeah. I do. I mean, the predictive stats are still the predictive stats. I'm just saying, don't take an L because you got the predictive stats instead of the result in the past. That's all Fair I'm enough. saying. I mean, don't take a W. Yeah. All right. Survivor, we're we're taking the Chiefs this week, right? We're, let's wrap yeah. this part up. It's Niners, Chiefs, Eagles, as far as I'm concerned, and that's just the order that it is in the spread, so, which is kind of boring, but that's the way I feel about it. Eagles uh, looked really good to me, but short week, division rival, letdown game, and the uh, what's the team called? The football team. Mm -hmm. They they always play them tough, and so I think the Eagles will win, but I feel a little bit uh, more nervous. I wouldn't mess with like the Chargers, Cowboys, no Vikings. I could see the Cowboys, but. McCarthy is such a nutless monkey. I, I don't know. I, I would probably not use them this week. Who are the Cowboys playing? The Patriots. Pa right. You know, that's completely dangerous. I could see them losing that game outright. Cowboys are better at home, but McCarthy last week before Dak threw the interception and sealed the game, they're down there inside the five and they're running the ball. And there's like four, three, four minutes left. They might have a couple timeouts. They're down 10. And I'm like, dude, you're down two scores. There's four minutes left in the game and you're just acting like, you got all the time in the world. Like you're definitely going to stop them three and out next series. I mean, what if they get a first down? You got to, you know, McCarthy just doesn't, he's just not paying attention. I mean, there's a, he's not there because no coach would be like just kind of taking their time down two scores like that. And then back through the pick. So it didn't really matter. Yeah. And also, you know, it, I, I don't buy a revenge game narrative. I think it's kind of like a joke of itself, but you got to think that Zeke is going to uh, maybe get in the end zone a couple times. Uh, Patriots get close. He he was good last week as well. Yeah, you love Zeke, and he's he's doing better than you thought. Didn't we have a, a bet of Ramondre versus Zeke? Uh, and I'm touchdown? crushing. We we have a couple <laughs> bets going where Ramondre versus Zeke. I have Zeke rushing touchdowns was the bet, right. and then we also have a bet more PPR points. Uh, uh, Cam, Cam Akers versus Kyron Williams. Now you're back alive this week because I'm going to win that. I actually think I'm going to win that. Now you should have taken the buyout when I offered you. I did it for twelve. Here's the thing. Kyron Williams is not good, right? He's slow. He's small. He, I agree. He's probably not going to keep the job. You know, I, I think Who, he's who's going to take for, it. Who's going to, I don't it? know. Cause his backup is just like him, small and slow. Right. They have a right. guy that dropped in like the sixth round on the bench, like uh, Zach, Zach Evans, Evans. Yeah. but you maybe know. who knows? Yeah. It's just a random guy. But the, but the point is that, um, 
you know, I think Akers might be good. And Madison sucks, by the way. I, Madison is, is is the Mike Davis this year. Oh, yeah. And and I think that, you know, that if Akers shows anything, he's just going to take that over and then he's going to be in a good offense. All fair. Uh, you want to you want to double down on that bet? Do I want to double it without even Akers having the job and Williams having the job? Eh. That's what I'm saying. That's you know, exactly the answer yeah. is no. I'm not yeah. forcing it. To I'll, I'll double it. I'll double. Let's do 40. Okay. I'll so double, I'll double it. I, and I, I already Akers, have a head start here, you know. Yeah, I know, but it's like it's minimal. It's not much. Okay, right. let's do it. Well, it's double. more about the pride. You know, you're doubling down and you know. I'll double down. I said it. I said it and right. you, talk is cheap, right? I'm gonna do it. Yep. I said it. But right, now that you double down, do you want a twenty dollar cash out? Just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right. Um let's talk against the spread. Um last week the the one I want to review is that you liked the Jets getting points at home. This is last week against the Patriots. I didn't what, use them. I, I well, I uh, used it based okay. on your set. But again, I agreed with the logic. Is Zach Wilson, I mean, it, it, this has oh, been I plowed. Use, I did use it. I'm looking at it. I did use yeah, it. This is yeah. plowed over on every ESPN talk show. I don't want to go too much into it. Yeah. But now they signed Trevor Simeon. If, go if ahead, he evolves. Can, if he evolves. If, yeah. if he evolves. I was, I was giving you space to yeah, make yeah. the joke. Yeah. Do, do you think that at least solves this like minimum threshold problem the Jets are having? He's, but he's borderline with the minimum threshold. You know, I mean, he he's a career, not a good, you're not like, oh, sweet, we're fine for a couple of games. You have Tyrod Taylor, you're probably okay. You know, if you have, uh, what's his name? Andy uh, Dalton, Joe Flacco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Case Keenum, you know, like you're okay, right? Uh, you have Trevor Simeon, that's not okay. Like, that's so he's Nathan like, Peterman territory. It's not quite that bad, but you know, it's like Colt McCoy territory, right? right? And like, that's not like, you're not happy about that. And, and so, it just shows the desperation, right? And so um, maybe it's good for Garrett Wilson. Uh, I don't, I just don't understand why QB1 is like so bad. He's very mobile too. You know, he can move. Um, I don't know what happened to him. You know, well, it's like those vampires must have those, those 40 something year old female vampires suck the chi out of him or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I can tell you again, I, I only use the example of the, the high school refereeing that I do because I see it all the time. There is guys that are do so well in like middle school basketball. Like they're, they're on point. They manage the game. They get into a high level varsity contest and the coaches start yelling at them and, this, and they shrink and they can't right. even make a call. They're, they're screwing things up. There is a, when you get into NFL pressure cookers and the, and everything's faster than it was at BYU when he was a right. star, right. that, that, that makes a difference to some people. The margins are so, you know, so little there. There are some people who like that little leap at level just destroys them and, and other people that actually get better. They're like, oh, I was waiting for this level of competition to really, you know, become myself. Like Patrick Mahomes was a, a good college quarterback, but he, you know, obviously arguably the goat now. Mm -hmm. And and then there's some people that just grow with the level or it's a little harder at the level. They're not quite as good, but it is weird when that there's that quad, we call it the quad a guy in baseball. Mm. He crushes triple a, but he's only good for quad a. There's no quad a he gets sent to the majors and he's terrible. Yeah. And then, you know, you get, like you just said, there there's, there's quarterbacks, forget Tom Brady, but like Dak and, and Russell Wilson that go in like the third and fourth round and they get the NFL and in their peak, they're stars. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk against the spread for week four. Um, I call them three high confidence bets, but just ones where you had a uh, where you think there's a, a value, a market advantage. Not necessarily that you're well, maybe you are betting them. So, what's the the bet that stand the against the spread? Uh, which teams and what's the number that you're looking at this week? Yeah, so I just you know I guess the lines early in the week. I won't write up my actual picks. My picks were so bad though. I had like the the 
football team lose 30. I was like, oh, six is too much at home. They lost 37 to three. And then I had the uh, Broncos. Oh, six. I think they're desperate. They lose by 50. I had the Bears. They lost by, they were 41 nothing, and the Chiefs pulled their starters. So the, I, it was running one of the worst, uh, just in terms of like margin of loss that I've ever had. Like, you know, it's one thing if you, if you go two and eight, which I did because you lost on a pick six or like a, you know, by three point, you know, I mean, that's fine. But this is, this was truly like I was way, way off. But I just, well, I'm you're just actually, prep. you've been the most valuable picker because the picks have been not great. You, you can't do that. It doesn't work. You can't fade. <laughs> Fading somebody, I told you the Brad Evans story. It doesn't work. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a disaster. Don't, don't fade my picks. Just ignore them until I get on a – don't do anything in my picks. I mean, these are my picks. This is what I'm doing, right? Like, th- th- these are your picks. My picks are not the same thing. Do what you want. Okay, but anyway, um, the, the ones that I kind of felt uh, pretty good about um, are, are the ones that were really off. I had the Jaguars. Um, who, are I in, gonna, who are in uh, London. Yeah. Oh, this London. God damn it. I always get stripped up by that. That Okay. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Okay. So I wasn't that off on that. I had, I had the Jaguars. I thought it was going to be five and a half, six, and it was three, but that explains it's the home field because it's a home game technically for the Jaguars. Okay. Scratch that. That's totally, I, every by the way, the, do, the, uh, the, the London, they're in London two weeks in a row, just for next week, early, early right. advantage. It's almost a home game for them because they're always go to London. Yeah. But you but, have to trap the travel. You got, you yeah. talked about that with Rufus yeah. and yeah, the travel matters. But, but anyway, so I kind of thought that was, you know, too, you know, uh, too small of a line, but now I know why. So scrap that yeah. every week, every year I just, I look at the schedule. I just put it in and then I do the lines and I'm like, Oh, it's a London game. And then the other one uh, I was uh, off on was the Broncos Bears. Okay, that line was, is three, right? Yeah, I thought it'd be a pick'em. I thought you know Broncos going to Chicago would be a pick'em, but they're actually laying three in Chicago, which you know the Broncos are terrible. I mean, they gave up seventy, and Russell Wilson is not right. I mean, his, his numbers he doesn't look too bad to me. He doesn't look as bad as people, uh, but I understand he's not what they paid for. He's not just what they not what they paid for. I watched a lot of that game. Like he's just like. He's just not making good decisions. He's not crisp, you know, and he's just kind of like he's just forcing the ball. He's not really like, I mean, look, he should have that was he should have had like 500 yards in garbage time in that game, and it was just kind of like little little bits here and there. It, it wasn't. You hearing the murmurs that Jared Stidham could get a look in a couple of weeks, but uh, listen, if if the Broncos want to take a few pennies on the dollar to the Jets, um, let, let's talk. Let's talk here. For oh, Russell yeah, Wilson. the Jets. Yeah, the Jets would take him. But I mean, the contract's unmovable. They'd have to get absolutely destroyed on the You'd deal. Have to, he would have to restructure, which they're never going to do. Well, not restructure. I mean, they'd have to like give up. Like they don't even have picks to give up to get rid of that contract. So they already gave up picks for Sean Payton too. But uh, yeah, so I so I just think that should be a pick up. I don't think Denver should be laying wood right now. I think you know the Bears are bad also, but. No way I'm laying with the Broncos. Um, okay, so you like the Bears at home getting three. Yeah, I just think it's too much. Um, okay. That, that's really the only one now that the uh, – I forgot about the London game. Uh, I was also off with the Giants. I thought the Giants um, would be a pick em also and that Seattle – I made them a pick em and I thought Seattle would be favored, but actually the Giants are slightly favored. But it's not a big thing because it's under three. So instead of being – you know, I thought it would be minus 205, minus two and a half. It's actually plus – one and a half, which isn't a big deal around the zero. But uh, I'm surprised that the Giants, I don't know if Barkley or Andrew Thomas is playing. I would think they would be, you know, dogs or, or a pick them against uh, Seattle that's reasonably healthy. All right. Any others that stick out or I want to do are panic players? Yeah, not really. I thought the Pats-Cowboys line uh, 
was lower than I thought. But then when I thought about it, I was like, no, the market's right about that. So that was really it. By the way, you know what I forgot to ask you? How are you enjoying our new setup where you don't have to do, like, where you just come in here, you, you do your podcast, I send you all the stuff for your podcast. Is that working for you? Oh, it's great, man. And Ted okay. Bell, we just did the Chris List one. Ted Bell did the same thing. You know, we did, we did, we do the Arch Indie Christmas yeah. podcast and that was great. You know how long I take to edit the podcast? It's like, it was just like, boom, boom, just post these things. Right. I and this it. one doesn't need any editing. Because... No, I don't care. We don't talk about anything. I mean, yeah. for you guys, maybe, but not for me. Controversial. Right. It was nothing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So your quote, you know, you're kind of like, let's say you're not edited, but you have to, there's, you can't go to level 10. You can go to level seven here. Does that ham does that hampering uh, is the upside still worth it for you to be? Uh, to oh, do totally, it totally. Okay, no, no, cool. no. I'm lucky. I was thinking I'm lucky to have you doing the sports with me, and then yeah. Ted Belly doesn't do it every week, but once in a while, he'll he'll help me with the with the um, non sports, and it's great, you know. And like, how do I know you guys? Well, actually, I hung out with you. I've never even met Ted Bell in person, <laughs> so it's just funny that like you know yeah. you, you run into people, you start working with them, and it and it's uh, and it's it works a huge, out huge and benefit. And yeah, and for us, it's benefit because we get, um, you know, I, I think this is a premium piece of uh, content for our YouTube page. I mean, it people love it. You know, like I said, it's it, it's not doing 30,000 uh, people jumping in, but, it, you know, every week, 1,000 to 1,500 people uh, comment, love, they like this video. If you do like videos like this and you like Chris Liss coming on the podcast, uh, consider subscribing to our channel right here. Hit the like button and also check out Real Man Sports where all of Chris Liss's content is. All right. Realmansports.com. That's Realmansports.com. Well, let's say uh, here. Here you go, Uncle Ted said. This guy is great. Oh, this guy's energy is great. You have good Thank energy. You, Ted. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, you, don't, bad, you don't I just more. channel it. You know, I wake up enraged and I just like psh, I got stuff to say. And you can't live in a state of rage. I said this on the Ted Bell. You can't live in a state of rage. You gotta you gotta create. You know, I write stuff. I podcast. I do these videos. You know, you gotta you gotta express it, and then you yeah. feel good. So it's. Appreciate so what I want to do here is just a tight 10 minutes on, you know, everyone in fantasy football right now is like, oh, my God, what do I do with this player? What do I do with that player? I could kind of give you the players that I thought, and you can just let us know what we should do with them. So we are going to call this players that we are possibly panicked about and maybe some actionable advice if there is any for this the rest of the fantasy season. So first and foremost, there are teams out there that have not yet cut Kyle Pitts. He had a pulse last week. Caught, you know, he had about nine PPR points. What do you do if he's on your team? I got him on one league. I got Kittle on that team, so I just have him on a 10-man bench. Uh, I, it would be a little squeezed if it was a five- or six-man bench. You start getting injuries, and you start wondering, you know, you might have to cut him. Uh, you know, you know the skill. You know what the, the size, speed, talent level is, at least um, on paper. And so you still want to hold on to him, but it's the worst kind of player because most players that they don't pan out, you just cut him. You don't think twice about it. And Pitts is always one that you regret. Last year he was terrible and he finally got hurt. Um, not cutting yet, but Desmond Ritter is terrible. I mean, Desmond Ritter is just like Drake London. You got to be worried about too. He just, he's just, he's like, you know, is he even that threshold as a passer to get these guys the ball? And it's actually hurting Bijan Robinson a little bit too because you need to sustain drives. You need to have the threat of a passing game. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It, um, uh, I heard uh, Sigmund Bloom describe it perfectly. He said that with Desmond Ritter in there, he has all this caviar with no can opener, he said. You know, that's a good way to put it. You know, it kind of reminds me of Tebow a little bit. You know, like Tebow right. um, got some wins and he was, you know, mobile and he can do some stuff. But like in the end, he just really couldn't throw a forward pass very well. So you're going to start hearing the Taylor Heineke uh, murmurs coming, especially since this game is going to be a standalone game that everyone's going to see. And if Desmond Ritter fails, 
I think we should see Taylor Heineke, and I think that could unlock the offense. I think so. so. Yeah, and you just, you just need barely competent. I mean, you got these weapons, and so don't drop Kyle Pitts. Just wait, see what happens it. with the quarterback. Okay, so we're not panicked on Kyle Pitts to the point where we're clipping him. I mean, we're, we're panicked. I mean, it's a really bad situation. I mean, Ritter could play five more games for all we know, but there, it's not like it, 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 there is downside to dropping him if they make a quarterback change. Yeah. But we also had someone ask if you have a YouTube page. I told you, you need to get a YouTube page up. I can help uh, you get YouTube's that up. YouTube's like the most censoring scumbag. I'll get a Rumble page. I have a Rumble page. I'll put stuff on Rumble. Right. Why do people go to YouTube anymore? Don't you know what they're doing? It's like totalitarian. <laughs> like they're just like an arm of like, well, you know, tyranny YouTube, at this point. You know what it is? Because most people aren't going there for a lot. I mean, a lot of people are for political takes, a million people. But right. what I'm saying is like, yeah, they're going there to learn how to fix their, you know, their kitchen sink. Yeah, totally. And, and it's got obviously the content's great. And it's very it's hard amazing to with that. Yeah. And it's free. No, there's and great it's stuff. It's free. It's very good. I understand. I understand. All right. Next player that I'm panicked about, Chris Liss, Najee Harris. I took him in the third round based on his volume, his workload. He's already been, you know, he last year, the last handful of games, he was performing. He was scoring touchdowns. Should we be panicked about Najee Harris? I mean, yeah, if you had high high hopes, because Jalen Warren is in there on the passing downs, and that's bad. It was Tomlin was always a one back guy. It was always like D'Angelo Williams replaces Le'Veon Bell, then D'Angelo Williams is the RB one that week, and then it's Le'Veon Bell. Um, it was just whoever the guy was, that guy was getting all the carries. And then Bell would come back and D'Angelo Williams wouldn't even get a carry. Um, we'd get one carry. But now they're really splitting. And you know, when Warren's coming and getting those valuable third down and pass catching reps, um, that really hurts Najee. Najee, you know, he's he's okay, but he's a bit sluggish. He doesn't have that like burst. He's not like super quick. There's a whole new generation of running backs, the Kenny Walkers and Travis Etienne's and Jameer Gibbs, and now uh Devin uh A Chain. Those guys are like super quick, super fast, super light. Um, and then Najee is kind of this plotter. He's kind of like Joe Mix. Joe Mixon actually ran a four four three, but but it's just they're all just a bit like bigger and slower to get moving toward the line. And I, I yeah, I, I think the upside is modest for Najee. Would you trade uh Najee Harris in your league for a wide receiver who we like that basically hasn't done anything yet? Like would you, if someone again position cross positional trades, that's the only way to make it happen in a lot of times. So like would you trade away Najee Harris if someone said, Hey, I'll give you Jerry Judy? Oh, Judy was on my list of guys I'm a little bit worried about, uh, and I have in the league. Yeah, if I need a receiver, I would do it. I think that's fine. I think that's fine value. Um, the other guy, I was thinking more like Christian Watson, right? Like he's probably coming back. He's, he's playing hurt. on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, he said he's, he's coming back tonight. But I mean, you know, we saw with Cooper Cup, you know, like you could easily aggravate something. But yeah, you know, that would be like what you would want to get for him if All you right, could what get he- it. If Christian Watson has a poor game on Thursday, like if he has like a three for 28, but it's like seven targets, would you trade Najee Harris for that? Yeah, probably. That'd be good enough. As long as he comes out unscathed and gets, you know, his seven targets, I think that's good enough. Okay. My guy, Jordan Love, balling this year, by the way. Yeah, modestly, though, you know, sort of like good rating and stuff, but 18th you know, round pick. You, yeah. You're happy if you have him. Yeah, I, I got cousins in one league who's doing oh, all right. That's that's um, the right answer this year. And that's the right yeah, answer. But I mean, there's you know the, the right answer is to fade these QBs because none of the top guys yeah. are doing that much. All right, Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'm panicked about Josh Jacobs, but he's getting all of the, uh, the all of the work. Yeah, and also uh, Garoppolo, and I think he's concussed, but it looks like he's gonna be all right. Was checking down to him a lot in the prior game. I just saw every play was like a check down. That was the guy I was looking for. So um, they had some tough matchups. The Raiders are obviously always dysfunctional, but. I, I have a bad vibe about Jacobs. I think he's going to get hurt right when he starts getting the work. He's going to get hurt. I just feel like I was out on him a bit this year. Um, but ostensibly setting my vibe aside, 
I don't think you should be panicked on him on his role, and he seems healthy for now. Who's a running back that you're panicked about? Ramondre, who I was high on, I didn't get. I, I feel like you know Zeke's doing more than I thought a little bit, and that offense is just so sluggish. Like there's no playmakers on the offense, so it just doesn't seem like it. It just seems like a very grinded out offense and not nothing dynamic. And so Ramondre, I thought was you know maybe going to be a 65, 70 catch, thousand yard guy, and now I'm thinking more like you know eight, nine hundred and fifty five and not a lot of touchdowns and it's not as appealing. If we redrafted today, what round do you think Ramondre Stevenson would get drafted in? Probably like late fourth. You know, that's where fifth. he went. No, he was going early. He was going early four, late three in the, in the NFFC. So you still think that he's there? Okay, I was going to say six round. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe because Zeke's doing more. Maybe be six. Okay. Uh, tight end that you're panicked about was it Kyle Pitts? It was Pitts, which is kind of obvious. I'm not panicked about any. I like Waller. People are panicked about. I'm fine on Waller. He had some tough matchups. He was started out a little hurt. They're throwing to him. He's running the routes. Like they're gonna they're gonna face Seattle. Watch this game. If Waller's completely healthy, which he, he's not on the injury report, he's gonna go like you know twelve eight one hundred and a touchdown. I mean, he's gonna be fine. Who's the quarterback that you're panicked about? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't like. Lamar Jackson. I actually, the other he's, tight end I wrote down was Mark Andrews. Um, okay. Oh, he, start, okay. he started up banged we'll up. Start with Lamar, and we'll come back to. Uh, so it's a new offense, right? It's it's not um, the he's offense. He's been producing. That, he's been producing. He got two rushing touchdowns last week, but the passing game is just not really there. And the whole idea was, let's turn him into a passer. Let's not, you know, let's let's have, go four wide. We got Beckham, who's now hurt, obviously. And Bateman and Zay Flowers and Andrews will come back, and let's like open this thing up. And I just don't think the offense is very crisp. The Ravens are not moving the ball very well. And I don't know. I just, I just don't. And, you know, he's, he got some touchdowns, but he's every year these running quarterbacks that they get older and take punishment. It's, it's like a really uphill climb to be that guy he was three years ago with running the ball. So I am a bit worried about Lamar Jackson. All right. Uh, tight ends that you're panicked about. We talked about Kyle Pitts. What about Mark Andrews? Yeah, he started off the season hurt, and I just think like this new offense isn't exactly what they're used to. It may take some adjusting, and I feel like the the Ravens did a really good job when Lamar came in the league of like tailoring an offense that fit him. And now they get a new coordinator who's going to change things a bit, turn it into something else. And I just don't know that that is uh, in their interest or in his interest. So I'm worried about both of them. Now you and I both, I've I've adopted this style of drafting from you about taking Justin Tucker in like round thirteen, right? Are you worried about Justin Tucker and his his fantasy production so far? I mean, no, but I, what I, he did miss that sixty one yarder, which really pissed me off. Pissed but, me off uh, too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I really, I was like, come on, I'm straight down the middle. He's just a little short, but um, but no, what's but what's happening is every kicker in the league is becoming Justin Tucker. I mean, Matt Gay with four fifty plus yarders in that game showed him up, you know, and then you have like um, who. Uh, Matt Prater just hit a 62-yarder. The, the record, Tom Dempsey cut off half his foot. They get a 63-yarder in 1960-something. And then, you know, you got guys hitting 57-yarders that are scrubs, like these no-names. are hitting. The, the kicking has never been this good. And it used to be Tucker was the only one, and he's probably still going to be the most consistent. But, like, the advantage he had is definitely uh, narrowed from what it was. So, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. I like just not worrying about him and drafting him there, but I probably would have waited another round or two and taken a chance. All right, everybody. If you want to get behind Rotowire's paywall for free, right now you can. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. 
rotowire.com forward slash try. Put in your email and the paywall unlocks or rotowire.com uh, forward slash pod, as you see on the screen there. Either one, either code will work. And right now you can also go to Chris Liss's uh, website, realmansports.com. That's where he posts all of his content, both uh, sports and uh, do you put your non-sports stuff? No, there but too? it's linked. It's linked to there you, okay. on the top. You'll see it. So it does a lot of political commentary, all that kind of stuff. And we'll be back next Thursday. Not just political. I talk about numbers. I talk about very, very large numbers. I got very obsessed with Alan doesn't care about this. No, so I no, no. Very, I, I, first you of all, like I, the large numbers. Oh, I, I like it. I just I'm I'm frustrated because I don't understand it. Once you get you to could, like level you three, could, I tried. You could if you kept going. You could. Right. I can explain it to you. I'm not going to do it now. Oh, I'm saying hey, I, one I, more I, guy. I got one more guy. Okay, but hang, all right, hang on oh, one second. But I just yeah. want to, for the record, I don't dislike it. And each time you go through the large number stuff, I get a little bit more. Okay. But I get frustrated. It's like, you know, playing golf or chess or something, you right. you know, that takes a minute to understand. Right. Okay. Fair enough. You're not one of the haters. A lot of people are like, I just don't get it. No, I'm not a hater. Big, right. big numbers. Big numbers. You know, that whoever can generate the biggest numbers is the one with the biggest paradigm. It's the one with the biggest machine, the yeah. biggest function. You know, this is this is like about all of life. You want to know which company to invest in, which player to invest in, who has the biggest algorithm, which one is growing the fastest. So right. big numbers are fascinating. But there's so one more player. The, yeah. The reason I was rapping is because you said you had a hard out. But if you have, let me just, let me uh, say, yeah. yeah. So here we go. So I'm going to say. Give me one more panic player that we should be worried about. Amon Ross St. Brown. Not panic, but he's got one touchdown. It was the first game of the year. And, you know, remember he's tackled inside the five. That's because he's slow. He gets tackled because he's not behind the defense. Ever. They throw it at the 10. They throw it to the five. And he's got to break four tackles to get in. Of course, he's going to get tackled most of the time. Um, I think he's going to be fine. But I'm telling you, Jarvis Landry is the comp. You know, peak Jarvis Landry, which is not a bad thing. He may catch 105 balls for 1,150 yards and six touchdowns. But that's what you're getting. You're not getting that like number eight overall pick that people were doing. That's my opinion. And I, I think that when uh, if Jameson Williams is not a, uh, a total, you know, screw up and can get his act together, you may see them like using him down the field and doing a lot of the big play stuff. So that's just I, I think you may end up, you know, with a little Deontay Johnson, um, whereas, you know, George Pickens, will, you know, Jameson Williams will be George Pickens in the second half. Uh, I'll just add one more panic player, a couple more uh, without explanation is, uh, you know, I was reaching up in the NFFC to take Jahan Dotson in like the sixth round and maybe even greater sometimes thinking he was going to produce better than Terry McLaurin. Uh, Sam Howell has not been able to support him. He was a big touchdown scorer, Dotson, that is, last year. So far, no good. Uh, I, he's on the uh, – and then another guy was Khalil Herbert. I was drafting yeah. him thinking that he was the lead running back. And this, uh, that has not worked. I've already dropped him in some shorter bench leagues. Uh, so these are not star players, but these are players that I was optimistic on that I'm completely panicked. And I and my actionable information is is cut. Not on Dotson. Hold Dotson for a minute, but cut Khalil Herbert. You thought you were getting Jerome Ford, but you got a Dotson. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, anything else before we close? No, that's it. I just want to get the Amon Ra just in on you because I know you yeah. liked him. No, I mean, so far, the, I mean, he's been, you know, like I said, even though he hasn't delivered on that eighth, tenth overall pick, he's still in the game. Oh, you know? he's fine. I mean, yeah. look, I've got Garrett Wilson. You know, I mean, that, that's right. that's much more concerning. Yep. A uh, couple other things is uh, I see. I'm just reading some of the comments. Some uh, our, our friend Ted said that Gibbs, uh, Jameer Gibbs is scary. Yeah, I, I still believe Gibbs has that upside. Give him a minute to get going there. But yeah, he's. I'm not in full panic mode with him. I still believe. And then. Uh, you also had somebody in there say that they like numbers. I already said in the chat to to go to Real Man Sports and get all the links from there to go check out your numbers thing. If you oh, want the big numbers, yeah, tree yeah. three. <laughs> Just go to go to Real Man, go to Chris List. You know the, the Chris List, the Substack link on Real Man Sports, and just search for tree yeah. three. Ooh. 
another, the quick promotion here. If anybody loves fantasy basketball, which is starting in four weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, Rotowire just launched a new YouTube channel, Rotowire Fantasy Basketball. We already have videos up on there. We're putting a lot of TLC edited videos up there. They're great. So if you love fantasy basketball, ranking, sleepers, busts, everything to get you ready, Rotowire Fantasy Basketball channel. It's linked in the other channel section of our main YouTube page here. So go check that out as well. Uh, a lot of great content from all our, our our prime guys. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. I'll be back with Chris Liss thir- every Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time with another Survivor Fantasy video.